Good morning, class. Good morning. <laughs> Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where your spirit is fed, your faith grows stronger, and we learn how to be overcomers. God's will and plan for us is to be overcomers, more than conquerors, no matter what the situation. His plan is for us to have His miraculous intervention in our lives and manifestation. But it doesn't just come randomly, and it's not just all up to God's uh, plan and will. He said things happen according to our faith. Faith is the way. Faith is how His good things happen in our life, that we believe Him, that we trust Him. And uh, faith is not just automatic. When you're born again, you have faith, a measure of His own faith. And if you'll feed it, if you'll use it, it'll grow and develop. If, if it's not fed, it won't grow. If it's not used, it doesn't develop. And that's why Jesus said to some people, you know, how is it that you have no faith? Oh, ye of little faith. So uh, good news, you can get your faith fed right here, right now. Today, we saved you a seat right on the front row. So by faith, faith, come on in to the class with us. Let's believe God for answers and direction and help today. Father, in Jesus' name, we all agree, all the faith school class all over the world, we agree as touching these things right now, asking you for anointed utterance, asking you for the anointing that teaches and quickens and unveils and reveals truth that makes free. Uh, give us exactly what we need from those that just got saved today or will be saved today uh, to those that have been walking with you for 50 years. Uh, the Holy Spirit can teach everyone on their level at the same time. And we ask you to do that. We believe you to do that. And we thank you in advance for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise God. Well, turn in the textbook to a scripture that we looked at last week in Hebrews, the 10th chapter. We've been talking about the subject we're calling By Faith. And it's a study of this great uh, 11th chapter of Hebrews. And so we'll continue today with the 38th verse of the 10th chapter. This all flows together. 1038 says, Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. The, uh, the NIV says, If he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. Now we notice in just a few verses later in, in 11 and verse 6, he said, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So he's saying the same thing here in verse 38. The Amplified of verse 38 says it like this, If he draws back and shrinks in fear, my soul has no delight or pleasure in him. Uh, like we said, in fact, just, just read it. We'll just skip down and, and read it right now. Verse 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible. Didn't say it was rare or, or difficult. It's impossible. And that's the same word impossible that's used uh, in Hebrews where it says it's impossible for God to lie. 
impossible. In other words, there is no way God's going to lie. No way, no how. Just is not going to happen. Can't happen. And there's no way, no how anything we do is going to please God unless it's of faith and done in faith. That's how serious this is. So having faith school on a regular basis is not overkill. It's not overemphasizing one particular subject because what good was our day if it didn't please God? What good was our prayer if it didn't please God? What good was all our work and effort if it didn't please God? Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. He said uh, in verse 38, if anybody draws back, shrinks back, uh, another translation says uh, to withdraw, to pull back, to withdraw. And this describes another thing that we're told. We're told in Timothy, God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Uh, another one said he didn't give us the spirit of timidity. So this is describing the same thing. Romans 8 says the same thing. God didn't give us the spirit of fear again to bondage, but he gave us the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Um, the spirit of fear and spirit of timidity, you're not comfortable. You, uh, you want to pull back. You want to withdraw. You'll see this, uh, a picture of this, when uh, Jesus asked Peter for his boat to preach out of. And then afterwards he said, let's cast out into the deep for a catch. And you know, he had to talk him into it a little bit. He said, well, we've been fishing, didn't catch anything on it. He said, go ahead, throw it on this side. And he did, and this huge catch of fish, and it was a, a miraculous sign to those fishermen. They knew this is not natural. This is not normal. And so Peter pulls back into the back of the boat and hunches down and says, Oh Lord, depart from me because I'm a sinful man. Now, can you see that's a picture of what he's talking about here? He's withdrawing. He's pulling back. He's pulling away. He's shrinking Back. In fact, if you look up the words that are used here, it means to shrink back until you're not seen. <laughs> you're, you're trying to hide. You're trying to get away. Well, what would make you do that? What would cause you to feel that way? Exactly what Peter said. I'm a sinful man. Depart from me. Go from me. Sin consciousness causes men and women, any of us that'll yield to it, to draw back and fear. And that doesn't please the Lord. He's a father. I mean, what father wants his children hiding from him <laughs> and running from him, not allowing him to love them and and manifest his, you know, our father's not just a billionaire or a trillionaire. He's way out beyond that. He wants to do things for his kids, good things for his kids. But if you're only aware of your failures, of your mistakes, of your shortcomings, and yield to the spirit of timidness 
and fear, you won't step up, you won't draw near, you'll pull back and withdraw and fear. Sin consciousness causes one to to pull back and fear. Oh, but there's something else. Righteousness consciousness causes you to be bold and draw near. Anybody remember Hebrews talks about this? Come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. That is not pulling back. That is drawing near. That's coming right on, right on up to the throne. Hallelujah. And now, now see, uh, religion, men's religious ideas, and your own past experiences and failures will tell you, oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be in, in the holy presence of God. Well, uh, technically speaking, that's true. <laughs> but you're not coming in your own works and accomplishments and in your own righteousness. You acknowledged we should, if we know, acknowledge our righteousness is not enough. So we had to accept and receive by faith Jesus' righteousness. Well, his righteousness is enough. Hallelujah. And more than enough. And he can come boldly right into the presence of the Almighty Father on the throne without one bit of uh, a shame or guilt or condemnation total innocence and freedom and boldness and confidence. Well, uh, is this what the Father wants for us? Yes. We'll read it again. Verse 38. What does He want? He, he said, the just, or we could say those who are, uh, this is 1038, those who have been made righteous, those who have been justified, they'll live how? They will live by faith. Come on, class, say it out loud. The just, the just shall live, shall live by, faith. by faith. Now, you know, one good thing about that living is not dying. <laughs> You're not perishing. Living, uh, and we're talking about not just natural life either, eternal life, the God kind of life. The just shall live by faith. What's the opposite, though, of living by faith? If any man draws back, pulls back, shrinks back, cowers in fear and timidity. See, men's, man's religious ideas have taught that if we'll shrink back and cower and just keep saying, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, that God is somehow pleased with our super humility. But this is completely wrong thinking. What the Lord said he's not pleased with is you acting like that. <laughs> People say, oh, you know, you, it's haughty to come forward and say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. No, it actually takes humility. Like we just got through describing, you have to admit mine was not enough. We never would be enough. So I just had to accept Jesus by faith. His righteousness has become now mine. Because all that he did in the cross was not for himself. He never sinned. He never failed. He never transgressed. So why did he need to go to the scourging post? Why did he need to go to the cross? Why did judgment need to fall on him? 
It didn't. Everything he did, he did for us. Everything he got, he got for us. His victory is my victory. Oh, come on, say it out loud. His victory is my victory. Praise God. If he rose triumphant over death, hell, and the grave, if he judged sin in the flesh and it was judged on him and he has put it aside and he has now, even though he was made sin with our sin, there's no sin on him or about him now. He rose from the dead completely free from it. And he didn't do it for himself. He did it for you. He did it for me. His freedom is my freedom. And when that dawns on our spirit and when that is real to us, we will stop cowering. We will stop hanging our head. We will stop trying to shrink back and hide so nobody can see us. We'll stop uh, looping about how unworthy we are. Jesus is, our Master and Savior, our Lord is the glory and the lifter of our head. Come on, somebody say, he's the lifter. He's the lifter of my head. He has taken away our shame and our guilt and our condemnation. He bore it on the cross. And um, why are we talking about this? Because you can't live the life, the victorious life of faith, always full of fear, always talking about how unworthy, always cowering. We don't want the Lord displeased with us. We want him pleased with us. The only way he's going to be pleased with us, according to the scripture, it's impossible to please him without this bold, confident, sure faith. Amen. He likes to see you lift your head, come right on up to the throne of grace by faith and go, Hey, Daddy, <laughs> it's me. I'm here. Now, you don't think you got a right to be there because you've done everything perfect. You know better. But you have so much faith in what Jesus has done for you that you believe you can walk right up to the throne. And whatever you need, get grace to help. Whatever you need, get mercy in the time that you need it. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The just shall live by faith. Is that you? That's me. I'm claiming that. That's me. I'm the justified. I'm the made righteous. I'm the saved by what Jesus has done. And I live, not die. I live. I don't perish. I overcome. I'm an overcomer, victorious one by faith. If any man draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in him or the Amplified says, will have no delight or pleasure in him, not be pleased with him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. We should be confident that we're not going to hell. Is that right? Sometimes people say, well, man, I sure hope so. Well, you better get past that. <laughs> I hope so. Well, that's not okay. Didn't say we're saved by wishing. Right? We're saved by our faith. We're justified by faith, by grace through faith. And faith is confidence. Right? In this very next verse, in verse uh, 
chapter 11, verse 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Another translation says faith is the confidence of things hoped for, or we could say expected. And it is the, uh, uh, the conviction of things not seen. Confidence. If I'm in faith in what Jesus has done for me, I'm not wondering if I'm saved or not. I'm not hoping I'll be saved. Either the Lord did a good job on it or he didn't. <laughs> right? Either he paid the full price or he didn't. And I believe he did. And I'm, I'm convinced when I breathe my last, my spirit slips out of my body. I'm not even concerned about where I'm going. I'm not going down. I'm going up. Anybody going to join me? You go, which way are you going? Come on, help me out. Up or down? Huh? Come on, say, I'm going up. I'm going, I'm going. Why, why, why do you think so? Because the word tells me so. That if I will believe on him who did this for me, believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead, confess with my mouth Jesus is Lord and Savior, I will be saved. Do you believe the Bible or not? Yes. I've done that. Hallelujah. Have you done that? Yes. Have you done that? <laughs> I'm looking. I think maybe there's some folks who need to do that. We've got a lot of people joining us all over the world. If you have never done this, this is crucial. This is paramount, of paramount importance. So I want you to do it with me right now. And it's not just a matter of mouthing words, but really believing in your heart and then not being ashamed to confirm it boldly with your mouth. By faith, we're saved. Come on, say it out loud, out loud saints. Either confess, affirm, or reaffirm. Say out, say it out loud, Father God, Father God I believe in you. I believe in your son Jesus that he died on the cross and paid the price for all my sins. I believe, as you have said, you've raised him from the dead and he is alive right now. King of kings, Lord of lords, soon to come again. Jesus, I receive you and confess you as my Lord, my Savior, my Redeemer, my Deliverer, my Healer, my Provider, my Peace, my Joy, my Life. As you help me, I will follow you and live for you. All my days, All my days. This, life, this life, and the next. And the next. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank, you, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, if you did that for the first time, you should no longer worry about whether you're saved or not. If you meant that in your heart, the Bible says you'll be saved. Glory to God. You are saved. Your name's in the Lamb's book of life. And when it comes to judgment in the future, you will be saved throughout all of that. Somebody said out loud, I'm saved. I'm, I'm, saved. I'm, saved. I'm saved. And so we're not in fear about it. We're in faith about it. 
If we're in fear, we're worried, we're concerned, uh, we're vexed, uh, we don't know, we're unsure. But if we're in faith, we breathe a sigh of relief. Not going to hell. (laughs) Shoo. Missed that. (laughs) Glory to God. Thank God. I am an eternal part of God's forever family. My name's in the Lamb's book of life. He said he'd never leave me. He'd never forsake me. He'd never let me down. So I'm holding to him and never letting go. And I'm standing fast in my faith, in my confidence. If you back up just a few verses in that 10th chapter, we started in verse 38. Look, at, look in the 35th verse. All this flows together. What did it say, verse 35? Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Everybody say confidence. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. What's going to be rewarded? What pleases God? How are we saved? Confidence is another word for faith. Uh, Don't cast away your confidence. So that means you can. That means you can start out confident and then later lose your confidence. You do that by thinking on the wrong thing, looking at the wrong thing, listening to the wrong thing, entertaining contradictions. You know, when uh, Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, there was no curse, there was no sin, there was no death, everything was perfect, they were never going to die. I mean, you never had a bad day, you never had a headache, you never had a wrinkle. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and here comes the liar. The serpent came. The enemy uh, spoke through the serpent and he lied. He lied and lied to them. You'll, you won't really die. You won't surely die. A big lie. And they should not have allowed the enemy's lies to undermine their confidence. You know, uh, when they had said no, the Lord said, you can eat of any of the, the, the trees. Just don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you do that, you'll surely die. They weren't confused. They were confident. What to do, what not to do. They were clear and confident. But here the enemy comes and tells them a lie. And they go, oh, this is complex. This is confusing. No, it ain't confusing. It's just you got the lie and you got the truth. Uh, It's not complicated. Truth is not complicated. Uh, You hear sometimes people use the phrase today, well, you know, I I have to stay, uh, you know, true to my truth. And you have to stay with your truth. No, no, it ain't your truth and my truth. It's truth or it's not truth. Truth is not relative. It's either true or it's not. And there are things we should, once you understand what's true, you should not even consider anything that disagrees with that truth. Because if this is true, anything else that contradicts it must not be true, can't be true. Listening to lies is what would cause you to cast away your confidence. 
you know, when it comes to healing. Jesus took our infirmities, he bore our sicknesses, he carried our pains, by his stripes we were healed, period, period. Yeah, but, no, that's going to read the same way no matter how you feel. Come on, can you see this, friends? It's going to read the same way. He paid the price for our sins, no matter if you feel unworthy or not. He either paid for it or he didn't. He either made you righteous and he said, if you'll confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Did you do it? Did he do it? Then we don't go by feelings. Anything that comes, well, you're not going to make it this time. If he said he always causes you to triumph, you're not going to make it as a lie. And the only reason you'd be confused and conflicted is because you're trying to entertain this and this at the same time. When you make a choice, this goes away. It's simple again. If you go to the restaurant and the menu is this big and it says beans, we have beans. It doesn't take you long to decide what you're going to have. Is that right? What am I going to have to do? Oh, I'm so conflicted. No, you're not. Oh, it's going to take me a while to decide. Ain't nothing to decide. It's beans or beans, right? (laughs) Well, when you decide the truth is the truth, there's nothing to labor over. There's nothing to be conflicted over. We don't need to entertain every idea and thought and varying opinion. People say, oh, we, we, we must be broad-minded. We must be well-read. We must be inclusive of other ideas. Yeah, that's what happened to Adam and Eve. They were inclusive of other ideas, and it caused them to die spiritually and lose the Garden of Eden, and it caused the fall of mankind and the planet. No, if you know the truth, Anything that disagrees with it is something you need to push away and resist and say, no, no, I'm not receiving that. And if you'll do so, you won't be, you won't get to the place where you're casting away your confidence. You'll hold on to your confidence and it has a great recompense of reward for you have need of patience, perseverance, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. We must make up our minds once and for all that this word is true. We must make up our minds that what the Lord has told us about every area of life is the truth. And it's not my truth, your truth, it's the truth. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life and light. There there is no other. And even though people might might say, well, that's just being narrow-minded, it is the way to victory. You choose it. It keeps you happy. You don't labor over something unnecessarily, and it allows God to work miracles in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, that's it again for our time for the class today. What do we do? We live by faith. We walk by faith. We overcome the world by faith. We're strong in faith, giving glory to God. We'll see you next time in Faith School.